You are about to experience the Jerry Banfield Show in podcast format. This was originally recorded live on my Jerry Banfield Facebook page, which you can find by searching Jerry Banfield on Facebook. If you'd like to be a member of the audience, ask questions and have me respond to you, become a supporter on my Facebook page, and as soon as you see that notification, jump into the live stream. I appreciate you getting started with this, and I hope you love this episode. I just read the book, The Sun Does Shine by Anthony Ray Hinton. It's about his journey being on death row for 30 years in Alabama for a crime that he did not commit. My wife recommended this book. If you use the Libby app, L-I-B-B-Y, this app will give you the ability to rent this on audiobook or on Kindle at your public library. So I was able to listen to this book for free. It was about 10 hours long. And what we'll do now is talk about what I learned from listening to this book and reading it while we're playing Halo Infinite in the background here. And the number one message I took away from this book is that you may have got wherever you're at today, you have an opportunity, you have choices no matter where you're at today. The biggest revelation in the book that Anthony Ray Hinton had, he said he he was in prison for a crime he didn't commit. And he knew that the prosecutors even knew that he didn't commit it. He knew that the whole system had been stacked against him. And for his first three years on death row, he was very angry about that, which is understandable. I mean, I, you can see how that's... And he he didn't talk. He avoided talking to people. In fact, he just kept silent in prison. But he realized the big realization for him came when he realized he could do God's work in prison. That he could serve God and he could help make a difference even locked up in that prison. That even in the middle of death row in his miserable cell with no air conditioning where people were getting electrocuted to death just down the hall from them, where the only people he knew were correction guards and prison guards. In one of the worst environments you could imagine to live in, he found that he could do God's work in that environment. And he found he had a choice to make even in that environment, that the state of Alabama could restrict his ability to move and to travel, that... The state of Alabama could restrict his body, but how he used his mind was up to him. That he did not have to just be in that cell and suffer, and that his life could mean something even in that cell if he would get out there and help somebody else. Well, not really get out there, but if he would talk to and inspire and pray for the people in his cell block. And it was amazing to see once he had that kind of a state, a way of looking at it, how his situation transformed, how he was able to be on friendly terms with the guards and help the guards out in their life and how he was able to endure 30 years of being locked up and continue to fight, how he was able to get an attorney to come into his life who was there to finally prove his innocence and to take his case on totally for free. The attorney he found that eventually came to him after all the other attorneys failed, 
he got an attorney that he worked with for at least 16 years who did all the work with, for him totally for free. And I often, if things are challenging in life, you know, you might, like me, be inclined to ask, you know, God, why is it like this? And a book like this really makes it clear that all the things that challenge us in life give us the opportunity to help each other, to connect with each other, and to need each other. And it's it's beautiful to see how the everybody came together in this book, how the attorney that helped him came into his life. And this, what you might think of as a totally tragic situation, actually provided a lot of learning and growth opportunities. It provided opportunities to love and to serve and to be creative. You might not think of prison as a place where you could love and help other people, but really somewhere like prison, love and understanding and kindness are desperately needed. You might argue that's one of the places where you could really use love and kindness and service and where someone that could be conscious and choose to help people could be an extremely valuable. So this book, I cried several times at reading this book. This was a very emotional read as you go through his journey. And I found my mind kind of irrationally kept hoping that I misunderstood the premise of the book. Like he'd be in there, he'd get a new attorney, start doing appeals, and my mind kept hoping that I, I'm like, I hope he can't, I hope he can't actually be in prison this long. Like my mind kept irrationally hoping, even though I knew the story of the book, I'd get like, five, ten years into his prison sentence, I'm like, okay, this attorney's actually going to get it done. And like the disappointment of all the courts in Alabama just basically not even trying or not even looking at the case. The one the one judge in the case taking years to sit on his case and then all of a sudden just basically do nothing and put it back like their original state opinion, just put that back out there. Like years of his life there because a, a, the judge would not give him the least amount of consideration or open-mindedness. It was kind of brutal to just experience that journey with him. And I remember praying to God, like, God, please, if there's an opportunity for me to help somebody, if there's some little thing I can do, to pay attention to somebody. You know, from a judge's point of view, you're sitting in, I imagine the judge is probably sitting in a pretty nice house. They probably have a pretty nice life. They got all these case files. From the judge's point of view, is probably looking at, oh, I can't be bothered to look at some guy's case file right now. I'm busy, I got stuff to do. And how many of us can relate to that? How many of us can relate to being so busy that we don't do the things that really matter? I've set an intention recently to stop being so busy and to start making sure I do the things that really matter. Because a lot of things we do just to kind of do them or be busy or productive don't actually matter. For example, that judge, all the stuff the judge was doing in their life, actually looking at the details of the case with an open mind, that's another thing. I always hope when I'm teaching every single day to help encourage and inspire 
everyone that is watching to have an open mind, to approach something with a sense of curiosity, to approach something with a sense that I'd like to learn something or find something out here, instead of approaching something with the sense that I know all this. I know, I know, I know. I mean, e even my kids, like from my point of view, my kids don't know almost anything about life and yet they're quick to throw out the phrase, I know, I know, I know, I know. And I remember throwing that phrase out a lot as a kid. So I, like that judge, if they had just spent a few minutes looking at his case and having an open mind to, you know what, maybe this guy really didn't do this. Let me, let me take a look at it. Just a few minutes of consideration by the judge could have made a huge difference. And yet, I see that there's opportunities to do the same thing in my life. That I get a lot of message requests, and sometimes I'm like, I can't bother to respond to that. I don't know this person. I can't bother to respond to their message. And it's hard to tell online sometimes, like, what's worthwhile. Like, what is something, I get a ton of spam messages, you can imagine. People trying to, you know, steal various things from me, like steal my accounts. I get a lot of spam messages that truly do need to be instantly deleted. But I remember praying, reading this book. I'm like, if there's ever an opportunity, Lord, if there's ever an opportunity for me to take a small amount of my time in a way that could help someone else a lot, please let me do that. Please let me realize that that is worth doing because sometimes we don't realize that the little things we do make a big difference to people and that's why we need to talk to people and get to know how our actions impact people. Now as a judge, it seems like these judges ought to realize that Nicholas, thank you very much for the 420, Nicholas, Mr. Personality. It seems like if you're a judge, you should realize that, you know, your little bit of time paying attention to a case could make a big, big difference in somebody else's life. And that it's worth your time to take your cases seriously and have an open mind with them. But all of us, all of us have that opportunity in our lives. And I'm wondering, this book got me wondering where, where are there places in my life where I don't pay much time and attention, and I don't think it matters that much, but it actually does. And this book was an incredible journey also, and just, it was like I got maybe one or 2% of the experience of being in prison with him. You know, I, it's like I had one or 2%, a small percent of the experience of being in prison with him. And I actually worked in prison, and one of the big things I noticed from working in prison is that, you know, the people that are in prison, but, but for the grace of God, but for loving parents, I'd be in there with them. You can often see the people who are in prison are people just like us. And to me, this book is a good argument against sending people to prison. Now, he was in there with people who were real killers. He's, you know, about... I don't know if he said this or if it's a statistic, but about 90% of people that are in there on death row did do it. But even in that case, even in the case where they did do it, many, he, he saw that people could make huge changes. What's up, Sean? Mandy, nice to see you. Tyler Goob says that's the ultimate story of understanding, accepting the vehicle you have to change your world. Yes. Yes, this book was an incredible story of 
to me, looking at the two dichotomies, like I like to look at it that on some level, I am God. I have totally chosen my world and my situation. I am an immortal being who is having an adventure. You know, like basically this life is just a game I'm playing. On some level, that's how it is. On another level, once I'm incarnated here, I've chosen to essentially be a totally helpless victim to some degree. I can't do anything about my situation. And this book by Anthony Ray Hinton really got into that angle of it. Like, you know, on some angle, he's totally unable to do anything about the Alabama court system. Like, once he made the choice to incarnate in Alabama, you know, there were a lot of things in his situation that he was pretty helpless over. And the beauty of it is to see see the power and the choices that you have, that each of us has today. That even if you're in prison, you can make a choice about how you experience that. That even being in prison doesn't have to be a purely miserable experience. That somebody, even on death row, their life can make a difference. One of the beautiful stories in this book of a man who was executed... Anthony Ray Hinton talked about a man who was in there. According to him in the book, he said he was in there with a man named Henry, who was the last person to lynch a black man. He was in there. Anthony Ray Hinton, one of the people on death row with him, was a white man who lynched a black man and was sentenced to death for it and uh, was executed for it. And it was amazing to see how this white man, you could see how his upbringing almost totally accounted for his life choices and his situation. And you could see how he changed. And it was ridiculous. Anthony and everyone else, most everyone else on death row with him was black. And I normally don't talk about race or even mention skin color because I don't think it's relevant and it matters. In this book, it was something that Anthony talked about a good bit. So it makes sense to mention it. In the book, there was a guy who was raised in the KKK. His name was Henry. He got all fired up about something and killed this black man. And then he was on death row with Anthony. And it was beautiful to see in the book how Henry was able to love and connect with the black men that he was there with. And he was able to transcend and grow beyond the environment he was raised in to a point where he could love and connect with and understand and build friendships and relationships with all of these black men on death row with him. And you could see that by the time they actually executed Henry, it was kind of ridiculous that they were executing him because the man they were executing was not the same man who did those the crimes. Like, according to our science, the physical body, every seven years, almost all of the cells in your body have died that were there seven years ago because cells are being born and cells are dying all the time. So every seven years, you essentially have a completely different body than seven years ago. So this guy, Henry, who I, by the time they executed him, he had been grown up and raised to be a white supremacist. 
through his experience on death row, he decided that that was not what he wanted to be. And then by the time they executed him, it's kind of pointless. Like, this guy actually has a story. By the time they executed him, Henry had a story that would have been really inspiring and helpful to share with others. Henry could have went out there and talked to the young white supremacists to say, look, I used to, you know, I was raised on that bullshit and I killed somebody over it and I've learned how stupid and how fake and how wrong that is. By the time Henry was executed, he actually could have went out and done a lot of good in the world, but instead he was executed because of something he did before, which to me shows the insanity of having the death penalty. And it shows the necessity to get everyone, to help people get their stories out there. Because if it weren't for Anthony Ray Hinton, we wouldn't have got to even hear Henry's story. Isn't that amazing? The only reason I even know about Henry's story, Henry who was raised as a white supremacist and then changed his mind to be a person who loves people of all colors and all races, I wouldn't even know his story if it weren't for Anthony Ray Hinton bringing me that story. Isn't that amazing? So I think it's time we get rid of the death penalty. And I think people in prison should have the chance to share their stories. I would love to get some more of the people in prison stories out there because... Having a bad example and hearing about it can be really helpful. I know most everyone, I would imagine most people that are in prison regret whatever they did to get there and could actually explain and help somebody else to not do that if their story was shared, just like Henry did. You know, Henry regretted lynching that black man. And he... he you know, he, he could have helped a lot of people, but thankfully this book is there. Lisa says, what will the world be like if we were all born sightless, more loving and caring? I don't know. It'd depend on if we chose to experience being sightless with fear or without fear. I think this true solution to, the true solution to anything with, is to have it reprogrammed. Like, I think it's time to reprogram all of our ideas about race. And the way I see it, and this book's a good example, is when Anthony first went to prison, like he didn't even believe that it could be because of race until it was kind of blatantly put in his face. And I think if we truly want to transcend things like racism, we have to stop believing in them. We have to stop even, you know, anytime, like we have to stop labeling other people as racist. We got to stop believing that skin color matters. We got to stop even bringing that into our awareness, which is why in my daily awareness and my daily life, I don't pay attention to skin color. You'll notice I talked about it in this book because it was a big part of this book. Although the biggest part of this book was finding and loving and finding a way to do God's work in any situation, finding the choices that each of us has in any situation that you could have a terminal disease, you could be locked up in prison, and you still have choices about how you experience your life, that you can choose to experience it with misery and hate and frustration, 
And that could be all. Or you could take that misery and hate and frustration and you could transform it into compassion and empathy and understanding for others. You could turn your negative situation into an opportunity to help someone else. And by turning your negative situation into an opportunity to help someone else, you've actually transmuted the situation itself into something that's valuable. Like this book is something that I think everyone should read this book. Everyone should have a look inside of a life lived on death row by someone who was innocent, who was put in there. It was beautiful to see in this book too, like that even the people who murdered and did some of the worst things, like there's gotta be something better we can do than put them in prison and execute them. Hey, what's up, Michael Suppo? Nice to see you today. Jose says, everyone born blind, a more touchy-feely world. Yes, you can see that, for example, being blind might prevent people from having discrimination based on color, but you could then have discrimination based on touch. Like, it's, it's all about that state of consciousness. Are you loving? Are you open? Are you curious? Or are you critical, cruel? And all of us have, you know, we all have... I'm not nice and kind and caring all the time, but whenever I am whenever I am hurtful, it inspires me to learn more about how I can be loving. Whenever I'm inconsiderate, it inspires me to look more into how I can be more considerate. Like yesterday I had some like remorse after I did my stream. I felt I'd been a bit inconsiderate in the way I phrased the lessons I was trying to deliver that I I wasn't as attentive to my audience as I'd like to be and it inspired me to have a conversation with my wife about it like I I don't want on my stream to basically put you down I don't want you to come to this stream and feel worse I don't want anything I say to make it sound like there's something wrong with you that you're bad that you deserve a life that's not good. Like, I don't want that to be something that happens on this stream. Which means it's up to me to be sensitive and consider... It's up to me to be sensitive and consider how I say impacts you. At the same time, you could take anything I said to be hurtful or wrong way. It's, it's balancing those opposites in life. Hey, what's up, TK? I'm glad you're here for the stream today. Brandon said, what's up, Brandon? You're having a good stream. Yes. I'm, you know, sometimes like yesterday, I felt kind of bad after my live stream. I felt like I had, had been kind of attacking and inconsiderate to some of my viewers. Like, you know, I kind of went off on certain things a bit too much. And on other things, I didn't respond or pay much attention to viewers. And it was a good lesson. It was a good lesson for me. I think if you want to level up and kind of enlighten, I think one of the best things you can do is read books. And that's why I love talking about the books I'm reading. I love sharing my experience. This, this book that I just read with Anthony Ray Hinton was powerful. And I hope I can encourage you to... I would like your book recommendations too. If there's any stories that are similar to this you think I would enjoy reading, please let me know. I love book recommendations. If you know of something like this, I would like to hear about it because I think that's how we really grow powerfully. 
Joseph says, I've custody of my three kids as a single father. It seriously hits me hard how inspirational you talk, man. Hey, I love to hear that, Joseph. I love it. I'm, I'm so committed. Like, I want all the times in my life that I've been cruel, that I've been inconsiderate to others, that I have been selfish and self-centered. Now, there's some value in being selfish. Like, I... You know, if you're too selfless, you basically need people to do everything for you and you can't get any validation without other people. There is value to being selfish in terms of like doing my stream. Like I do my stream because it helps me feel good every day and I don't need constant validation from other people. But if I'm too selfish with my stream, like I don't even consider the viewer at all. There's a there's a balance. Well, one reason I'm able to be inspirational today is because I was the opposite of inspirational at lots of other times in my life. You know, I was a person that the way I used to act in my life. I remember my one friend in college, his his wife would ask if I was coming to dinner. And if I was coming to dinner, she said she wouldn't go because, you know, there would be confrontation. I remember people very often especially girls not wanting to date me because i wasn't very nice so i hope to share that you know sometimes the people who aren't being nice in our lives are giving us the chance to practice being kind and loving and understanding they're you could say they're taking a turn as a teacher of patience i think a lot about you know if i died what kind of now, what would I want my life to look like? Well, I want my life to look like one that made a difference. That helped other people love it themselves and to enjoy it. And if you're, Joseph, you're raising three kids, that makes a big difference. Oh, I forgot you could just get bumped off of these things. I forgot about that. I forgot you could get bumped off. That's cool. Oh, Joseph, I appreciate your service raising three kids. My dad... My mom had an awesome career in the Army. My dad was there every day for us. I really appreciate my father raising us. I mean, my mom was certainly around, but, you know, mostly my dad was there. And the nice thing about my dad passing is that my brother and I have gotten years of quality time with my mother that we didn't have when she was working as much. So big props to you, Joseph, for having custody of your three kids and being a single father. And thank you for helping me understand what I do has value. My biggest struggle with the stuff I do is thinking it doesn't matter. Like, you know, so what if I talk about this book today? There's already enough. There's enough people reading it. It was on Oprah's book club. Well, so what if I talk about it today? And lots of times the world leaves us in a position thinking that if we're not big or famous that we're not making a difference but you can make a big difference just in one person's life and this book really hits home on that like anthony ray hinton made a huge positive difference on this man henry's life that i just talked about who was in prison for you know the murder of a young black man who died and was executed like Anthony Rain Hinton made a big difference on this man's life. And that you can do a lot with your life no matter where you're at. So I'm grateful that so many people have shown me that. 
because the only reason I've got this message today is because this message was carried to me by so many people. Sean says, you are making a difference. Thank you. Hey, and you're making a difference as well. All of you that are being here. I remember when I first did my live stream, hardly anybody watched it. It's really nice to have an audience. And the things you all say, the things you all say help me make higher quality videos and consider things that if I was just recording this offline, I wouldn't say those. Yes, I love that, Lisa. Lisa says, points of view. That's what I heard yesterday. An open mind will not be insulted, but will be fed. Yes. And that's one of the main things you have control over is your point of view. How are you choosing to look at things? And we need help. We need help to evolve our point of view. Our point of view is something that we can't just evolve it by ourselves. We really need the help of somebody else. Like yesterday, I was feeling bad after I did my live stream and after I did yoga. And Laura and I had a discussion about it. And, you know, we, we both helped each other expand our point of view and feel better. And that's one of the beautiful things about dating somebody is that you, the two of you can help each other expand your point of view. So I think it's actually really helpful to, to date somebody who's got a lot different points of view than you do. If you date somebody that thinks just the same as you, you know, they're not going to challenge you as much. My wife and I have a lot of different point of views. Like our politics are often drastically different. You know, things we watch are often drastically different and the difference in point of view is helpful. And that's why reading books, reading books is one of the best things you can do by yourself to expand your point of view. So if you're isolated, I would highly recommend make sure you're reading. Make sure you are reading because if you're reading, isolation can be a very productive time. That was one thing Anthony Ray Hinton in the prison he got permission for them to have a book club in the prison, which was amazing. And this book club made a huge positive difference in their life. It only even lasted a little while, but he got them to get books inside the prison. And this greatly helped improve their quality of life. So I think we've covered the book, Anthony Ray Hinton's book, The Sun Does Shine. If you've got any recommendations for similar books, I'd love to hear them. I'd love to know if you've read this book and if it helped you as it helped me and I appreciate you I appreciate you experiencing this with me